why we are speaking of deliverance. Okay. See, our concept, our religious concept that Jesus came, uh, we usually say, why did Jesus come? Jesus came to save us from sin. And uh, what happens if you're saved from sin? You go to heaven. So indirectly, we are telling people, you know, uh, Jesus came to save us from this earth so that we will go to heaven. So in the beginning of creation, God never uh, did anything like that. Okay. He didn't say, I've made the heaven for uh, humans to come after they have departed from earth. When he told Adam, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion, uh, be excellent and expand. The will and plan of God was that Adam will stay on this earth. Adam will subdue. Adam will multiply. Adam will be excellent and Adam will expand. Right? So when we say Jesus came to save us, what Jesus came to save us actually is from the dominion of sin and death. Jesus didn't come to save us from earth so that we will go to heaven. Jesus came to save us from the dominion of sin and death so that we will experience heaven on earth. And until believers change their way of uh, seeing life, until believers change their way of uh, or change their reason of existence, they will not be able to uh, take forward the kingdom of God in the right perspective that Jesus uh, came to do his work. Okay? So uh, we need to change our perspective in line with the mission statement of Jesus and understand that Jesus came so that he will redeem us he will set us free. He will save us from the dominion of sin and death. So if we are saved from the dominion of sin and death, and if we understand I am saved from the dominion of sin and death, we will not be in a hurry to go to heaven. Why? The moment we declare that I am saved from the dominion of sin and death, we are declaring that everything that is in between sin and death, okay? So sin is the starting point and death is the last point. So everything that is there in between, that everything might mean corruption, it might mean sickness, it might mean poverty, it might be persecution, it might mean pain, it might be anything that is in between sin and death. Jesus has redeemed us from all of that, including sin and death. So both the extremes he has taken care of. Now, when we understand this, that he has come to save us from the dominion of sin and death, we live life with an understanding that I no longer am under the dominion of sin and death, but I am under grace. What does it mean I am under grace? I am being set free from sin and death and I have the divine influence of God inside me. Okay, That's why Bible says we have been saved in this hope which is the redemption of our body. Okay, Now the gospel that was preached for such a long time we were always talking about leaving the body and going to heaven. But Bible clearly says we were saved in this hope. What is that hope? Of redemption in our body. What is that redemption in our body? That our body will not be subject to sickness. That our body will not be subject to corruption. That our body will not be subject to decay. And that our body will be subject to life. So if we are saved from decay, then our goal, our focus should be that. Now, the reason we have become promoters, you know, we've been promoting heaven more than even Jesus sometimes. And we think unless we promote heaven heavily, then people are not going to get scared and accept Jesus. So the moment people accept Jesus, though sometimes most of the time they come into a relationship with God, they are still looking at God as an ATM machine who can satisfy some of their needs till they meet uh, another uh, person whom they call a friend called death. So that they can go to heaven. Well, Jesus himself came so that we will not be 
under the dominion of sin and death. And unless the church, okay, unless the church, which is the bride of Christ, which is the body of Christ, it defeats death, Jesus won't come back second time, okay, or third time, or whichever time you want to count it. Jesus is not coming back again, or Jesus is not coming down in clouds, even if it rains heavily, even if, uh, you know, COVID comes or whatever happens, Jesus is not coming back. In that sense, what do you think? Till the church learns to keep death under its feet. So the assignment of the church is not to make everybody go to heaven. The assignment of the church is to build disciples because the disciples are the community or it's the ecclesia. It is the community that forms the body, that forms the body of the Christ. And the body of Christ needs to see death being under its feet. So when death comes under the feet of the body of Christ, that is the time Jesus will appear and we will appear like him because we will be as glorified as he is glorified. So, you know, the call to discipleship is radical. Okay. Uh, as you already turned to Luke chapter 9, okay, we'll be discussing the last six verses, the last uh, six verses uh, today from Luke chapter 9. But before that, I just want you to give a rough idea what is happening in Luke chapter 9. First, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. They come back and say, you know, science miracles are happening. Then Jesus feeds the 5,000 people. The people are happy and they want to make Jesus the king. Then Peter confesses Jesus as the son of God. Jesus talks about his death. Jesus talks about his resurrection. Jesus talks about taking up the cross and following him. Then Jesus gets transfigured on the mount. And then Jesus heals a boy. And uh, then Jesus talks about his death. And in the end, after Jesus talks about, uh, after all these miracles and Jesus talks about different things, Jesus talks about discipleship. And this is what I want to tell you, okay? Followers follow because they have a need. The day the follower has met his need from the person he is following, he stops following that person, okay? It can be like a tuition teacher you are following. It can be like a tutor you are following. Or it might be somebody you are taking coaching from. So you followed them till you had a need. The day your need was met, done. You shifted into another phase of life. In the same way, God is not looking for followers. Because followers come because of their need. Right? God is looking for people who are willing to be discipled. When we are willing to be discipled, it is not our need that drives us to follow God. It is our understanding that if I become the same image, if I conform or if I transform into the image that God has planned for me, then this is the best thing that could happen in my life. So there was a time in Jesus' life where, you know, he did a lot of signs, miracles and wonders and people started following him. But there is also a time when Jesus would look at the followers and give a call for discipleship. So a call for discipleship is something deeper. So when you attend a call or when you answer the call of discipleship, there are certain things you need to forego. When you answer the call of discipleship, you cannot come into discipleship on your own terms and conditions. See, as long as you are a follower of God, because you are following God for your need, okay, the day your need is met, you might go back. The day, you know, you don't feel good about it, you might step back. But discipleship is something wherein you say, hey, this is the man I want to follow all my life because I believe and I trust and I know that what he's going to make out of me will be far better than what I can get from him. 
So you need to understand in discipleship, there, there is a discipline that transforms you. In discipleship, there is a discipline that transforms you. And many a times the challenge is people are not willing to pay the price of that discipline, but they want that image. They want that transformation. And you know, Bible says, work out your salvation because the Holy Spirit is always going to help you. But without your partnering with the Holy Spirit, some things won't happen. Like when you are stuck and you cry out to God for mercy, true, with God, all things are possible. But what does God say? God says, if you're going to partner with me, if you're going to be challenged by my revelation, if you're going to be challenged by my promises, if you're going to be challenged by my words over your life, if you're going to be challenged by my plan over your life, then God says, to you, nothing shall be impossible. See, we need to move from that phase where we are always, uh, you know, hope banking on God, saying, with God, all things are possible. We need to go to that phase where we know that to us, nothing shall be impossible, right? And that is the path of discipleship. That is the path of moving from becoming a follower to a true disciple of Jesus Christ. We see people follow Jesus for healing. Jesus, you know, gave some exhortations to some of them once their healing was done. We see people following Jesus for uh, forgiveness of sins. We see people following Jesus for the bread, the miracle, the bread that he multiplied. You know, people traveled lots of kilometers and again came to him and Jesus said, hey guys, you're not following me because of the true word, but you're following me because your belly is full. And Jesus says, how long will you follow me for food that perishes? That means Jesus is saying, I use the food that perishes. I use that miracles of multiplication. I use those miracles of healings. I use that miracles of provision as a promotional tool to get you to understand the real provision, to get you to understand the divine life, to get you to understand the life that is free from the dominion of sin and death. And Jesus was saying, hey guys, how long will you follow me for the food that satisfies your belly? When will you take food from me that will really enrich you, that will make you outstanding in this world, that will make you more than an overcomer in this world, that will grant you an access and an understanding to be a son of God who is no longer under the dominion of sin and death. That is how the call of Jesus is. So, you know, uh, sometimes people will find it hard to stick on with our podcast. Sometimes people will think, oh my God, why is this guy going on for 30 days? Sometimes people will say, oh my God, how many programs does this guy do? They don't understand, you know. Every one of us is in a plan and a game. And you know, this is a game of discipleship, okay? Being a follower of Jesus sometimes can be a 100-meter marathon race. You might get your miracle one day, in one month, in one year. But being a disciple... It is a marathon. It is a lifelong marathon. But we know if we do the right thing, trusting the right person, who is Jesus himself, that we have an imperishable crown. We have an incorruptible inheritance. We have an unfading glory that is reserved for us. And this is the time God is opening the portals of heaven over his bride, over his, men, over his sons, and over his church. And people are tapping into this. Okay. Never think that we are the only ones talking about incorruptible inheritance. Never think we are the only ones talking about immortality. Okay. Elijah told God, hey God, you know what? I'm the only one left. I'm the only major, minor professor, PhD prophet left who is faithful to you. And God said, shut up. I've got seven more thousand people. Okay. So never think we are the only one. But you know, we are privileged to have the invitation. And with the 
with a kind when we pursue the invitation with a radical yes okay remember when we pursue the invitation with a radical yes the benefits are beyond time the benefits are beyond eternity so a yes needs to be very radical and i'm going to address three verses here that will help you understand if your yes is radical okay okay here we go luke chapter 9 now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him lord i will follow you wherever you go jesus said to him foxes have holes birds have nests but the son of man has no way to lay his head now many people have misinterpreted the scripture and said jesus didn't have a pillow jesus didn't have a house so we need to live poor that's a wrong interpretation what jesus is saying is jesus is telling him hey guy foxes have holes and birds have nests so when you look at a fox okay you never see a fox coming out of the hole you will just see a fox you know on the outside but you know where does a fox live where does the fox live in a hole you always see the birds in the sky nobody you know watches birds in the nest but you know where the birds live where do they live they live in the nest and jesus is saying in the same way in this journey of discipleship you cannot ask me for a permanent residence in which you will be in the next 2 years in the next 3 years in the next 5 years in other words jesus is saying if you need the itinerary before if you need me to tell you beforehand everything in detail and then you are going to step out and take a step understand this that this is not for you why because this is a day to day relationship this is a day to day coaching this is a day to day mentoring this is a day to day activity this is something that is done day to day wherein i tell you daily what needs to be done you can't ask me 2 years from now which house you will be living in california and then if i tell you that then you want to take a step to apply for the visa and go and preach there god is saying that doesn't happen it happens with a day to day relationship because i am not a dead idol or you know i am not a computer whom you can switch off and switch on i am somebody who lives and my word carries power when i speak my word into your realm into your being that word itself will sustain you that word itself will create solutions so jesus is saying hey guys the problem with you is you have a prefixed mind and you want all the answers before and sorry this mission that i am on i cannot give you an address before i cannot tell you which village we are going to i cannot tell you which town we are going to i cannot tell you where what is the agenda in the garden i cannot tell you what is the agenda on the mountain i cannot tell you what is the agenda beside the sea i cannot tell you what is the agenda in, inside the boat if you are willing to come not trusting the agenda but trusting me who is going to disciple you then come this is where a lot of people get stuck because people want agendas people want itinerary people want a detailed resume people want a day to day format okay if you ever you booked a foreign tour when you book it through a, uh, you know if you do it by yourself it costs cheap but when you do it through a, a booking company usually they will send you day one arrival to airport day two go to the uh, day one from airport to hotel you know rest uh, next day safari this thing that thing and you know they will send you a detailed 10 day itinerary and jesus is saying if you are going to wait for an itinerary you will never take the step of discipleship discipleship is about trusting me daily hearing my voice daily being directed by me daily being redirected by me daily because sometimes god will take you a certain route and then he will tell you take a certain turn so if you're not willing to understand this you're not a disciple you're somebody who is a follower who will follow according to your own terms and conditions okay now let's look at the next thing the next thing immediately 
Now, as it happened, as they journeyed on the road, uh, uh, sorry, uh, verse 59, then he said to another, follow me. But he said, let me go first, bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, everybody here, whether you're in ministry or not you're in the ministry, listen to this. When I was hearing, uh, reading this verse in my childhood, I always used to think, how strict is Jesus? Okay, We should never go to a birthday party at the cost of the Bible study. We should never go to attend a funeral or a memorial service at the cost of a church service. I used to think like that. And okay, sometimes, you know, it's good to be so zealous for God also. But what is Jesus telling here is that, you know, in Jewish custom, when a father would die, they would bury the father, the son would bury the father, and the son would have to wait for a certain time, probably a year. And then, you know, when the bones were ready, the son would go and take the bones, collect it in a vessel. Some of you who see Indian mythology, you might have seen it in that also. And then put the vessel containing the bones of the father, okay, with the bones of the grandfather. So what would happen is that when the son does this ceremony, okay, the son would receive the inheritance of the father. So, you know, in this instance, we can clearly see that his father had just not died because if he had died, he would not be walking with Jesus. He would have already left without telling Jesus. But here we see Jesus tell, uh, when Jesus said, follow me, okay, that means when Jesus said, follow me, that means this guy was in between the phase where he had buried his father, but not kept the bones of his father with his grandfather. So when Jesus said, bury me, the only thing on this guy's mind is, oh, oh I'm ready to follow you. Just a moment. There is a 2CR property on my name. And all I need to do is take the bones of my father, put it with the bones of my grandfather. And that 2CR property will be on my name. I will earn a 25 lakh interest on it. And I can follow you wherever you want me to. Weekly, four times, the chicken biryani bill is being paid for me. Not only for you, Jesus, but all the 12 disciples. And Jesus says, oh, oh, sorry, that's a dead thinking. So let the dead bury the dead. What, do you, what does Jesus mean by this? What Jesus means by this is, you know, if you are more concerned about your earthly inheritance in the kingdom of God, you cannot pursue him or you cannot pursue Jesus for the heavenly inheritance. Because when the call is coming, for you to pursue your heavenly inheritance or what we call the incorruptible inheritance, you cannot have excuses. By that, I'm not saying Jesus wants you to be lazy at your job. I'm not saying don't do your business properly. I'm not saying, you know, uh, uh, forget whoever has uh, needs to give you money. I'm not saying don't operate your will pay, phone pay, or don't operate anything. What I'm trying to say is this guy, when he got the call of Jesus saying, follow me, when he got the call of Jesus for discipleship, the first thing that came in his mind is, Jesus, I need to go and bury those bones in that cave so that I will get my inheritance. And Jesus said, oh, you are dead. Why did he call that man dead? Because this man did not understand that discipleship will give you an incorruptible inheritance. And this man's eyes were so much on the physical inheritance that he was persuaded to tell Jesus, I will, Jesus, but once I do this. So, you know, today I posted something in the group where I said, whatever gives you security, God needs to keep you out of it to train you so that you will become a mature son of God. That saying is true. Why? 
because jesus says everybody who trusts the things of this world more than trusting him okay it's not bad to have riches what is bad is to trust your riches it's not bad to have a financial plan what is bad is to trust your financial plan more than the voice of god it's not bad to have you know investments what is bad is to trust your investments more than god's rema voice that is directing you okay so as we counsel people especially people for divine healing or relationships or you know people who are in a cycle of death many of you would have heard that we say you know don't dodge god in the area of giving or finances because that is the first place you can miss out on pursuing the eternal riches now next okay also need to understand jesus said let the dead bury the dead and this is the solution of jesus he says but you go and preach the kingdom now how is it that preaching the kingdom is opposite to burying the dead because when you preach the kingdom listen to me my friend when you preach the kingdom your message brings forth healing your message raises the dead your message heals the broken hearted your message gives comfort to the broken hearted so what you are doing when you preach the kingdom you are transmitting life so jesus is saying hey guys your thinking is very stinking and you know with this kind of thinking thinking the only thing you can do is keep burying the dead things but i have got an offer for you come let's preach the kingdom why because the kingdom will bring healing the kingdom will bring joy the kingdom will bring righteousness the kingdom will bring the radiance of life into the life of people and if you are a kingdom preacher okay uh, for everyone on this call okay nobody is exempt from preaching just because i tag myself as a pastor or something it doesn't it doesn't mean preaching is my full time job and it's nobody else's job preaching is every believer's full time job okay preaching is every believer's full time job pastoring is something very different pastoring is where uh, we take time to counsel people or we take time to oversee people so pastoring might not be everyone's job but preaching is surely everyone's job and if you are somebody who says preaching is not my job then you know you got the kingdom thinking already wrong now the last one and another said lord i will follow you first let me go and bid farewell to those who are at my house but jesus said to him no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of god you know jesus now is saying to another man this man is saying jesus i will follow you because he has seen two instances in one instance he saw jesus told i can give you the itinerary in second instance he saw jesus told the man let the dead bury the dead this guy did not understand when jesus was saying let the dead bury the dead he was saying he was thinking jesus doesn't want this guy to go behind his dead father so now he comes up with another dead solution and he says jesus i am willing to follow you only thing is give me time to go back bid farewell to all my friends and relatives and come and jesus says if you have put your hand to the plow and you if you look back you are not fit for the kingdom reason being is my friend once you understand this message of the kingdom once you understand that you are someone who needs to possess god in his entirety who needs to possess the fullness of god on the inside of you in such a way that your soul and your body radiate this fullness on the outside once you understand this message if you think that you will pursue this at the cost of justifying yourself to people at the cost of people agreeing with you or at the cost of people's you know people saying okay i am with you do it 
or at the cost of people's partnership or at the cost of people saying, I'm with you, let's do it. Then Jesus says, no, 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 it's not for such people. Jesus says, this is for that kind of people who will take the plow, put it to the hand, who will put their hand to the plow. And once they have started plowing the land, what is the land? Once they have started plowing their heart, they are so focused on immortality. They are so focused on their incorruptible inheritance. They are so focused on divine healing. They are so focused on being a blessing to the nations. They are so focused on all this that they do not care who says yes or who says no. The only thing they care is that their heart is true. The only thing they care is that their heart is full of good seeds. The only thing they care is that their heart is so full of the word that they are sure that no temptation of this world, no care of this world, no worry of this world, no greed of this world, no mammon of this world will choke the word in their heart. So they are so focused like a farmer to plow and plow and plow their hearts and ensure that, you know, that seed that is sown because he that is born of the incorruptible seed. Who is born of the incorruptible seed? You and me are born of the incorruptible seed. He that is born of the incorruptible seed shall live forever. That means what? You and me are meant to live forever. If the only reason we are not living for, if the, the only reason we will not live forever is because we have not plowed our hearts with the right seed. That's why Jesus says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, the issues of life, meaning what? Any issue that can lead the, of life that can lead to death or life actually starts from the heart. So, you know, you might go for a bypass surgery, you might keep a stunt in your heart, you might do everything, you might eat the, eat the healthiest of oils, you might keep your sugar under control, you might uh, decrease salt in your food, you might be walking every day. If you do all those things good, your body will live a little longer. But you will not live forever if you do not understand that your heart needs care. And how will you take care of your heart? By every day ensuring that you soak in his presence, by every day opening your heart to him and asking him, Jesus, speak your word. Jesus, speak your word. Father, sow the seed. Why? Because this seed that is sown by the father cannot corrupt. And this seed that is incorruptible, that is sown by the father, has so much potency that it can eradicate, it can eliminate, it can totally exhaust any kind of corruption, any kind of decay, any kind of mortality in your soul or in your body. That is why, you know, we repeatedly tell people this line. We say, do not have clutter in your soul. If you have clutter in your soul, no matter how many bhajans you sing, no matter how much worship songs you sing, no matter how loudly you sing the praise, okay, this clutter in your soul is like a drainage, okay? It will cause everything in your heart to sink, uh, to stink. So do not entertain any clutter in your heart. And the, re the way you can keep your heart free from clutter, the best way you can keep your heart free from clutter is to spend time in his presence, is to radically sow his word into your heart. Okay, not only so the word as a follower. I know many people when I ask them, are you hearing two sermons a day? Are you hearing uh, three sermons a day? They will say yes. But the reason they're doing it is because they're followers. They have a particular need. They search for healing topic. They search for prosperity topic. Whichever need they have in life, they search for it. That is good. But how long? Sometime you need to come out of that level and you need to come to a level where you are hearing the direct rhema word of God, where you are hearing the word that will align you, that will disciple you, that will conform you to the image and the likeness of the glorified Christ. Let's pray. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone over this call. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And I pray, Father, by the resurrection spirit that is there in them, Father. Let light shine in their hearts, Father. And let them see those things in their soul and their heart, Father, where they have not been faithful stewards, Father, but they have allowed the seedbed to be infiltrated, to be infiltrated. They have allowed the seedbed to have the wrong seeds, Father, so that they might rectify, so that they might remove the seeds, Father, and fill their heart, fill their seedbed with good seed, with seeds of life, with seeds of divine health, with seeds that will produce incorruption, immortality, and the seeds that will cause them to become manifested sons of God. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.